podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Bloody hell, Bradley. Who spikes your drink, mate? <laughs> I drink the good bleach at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome to another Planet FPL Clash of the Correspondents. My name's James and this week we're looking forward to the Monday Night Football in Game Week 13. Let me introduce you to our Fulham correspondent, Dara Curran. How are you, Dara? Very good, thanks James. I'm really disappointed I'm missing out in the Ireland game tonight. <laughs> You've taken me away. <laughs> Dara with the convenient spoiler nice and early that we're pre-recording this on Tuesday night. Dara's so bothered he doesn't actually even know who Ireland are playing. New Zealand, apparently. Really? <laughs> and our Wolves correspondent, Bradley Parker's here. How are you, Bradley? Yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah, Bradley's trying not to laugh at me after the way his team thoroughly deserved to beat mine back in game week 12. Congrats on that, Bradley. I don't know why I set this up for myself and have correspondence on after they play Tottenham. Seems to keep happening to me. Here's an interesting stat for you both to start the conversation here. Dara, you're one win in seven. Bradley... You're one defeat in seven. Dara, is there concern about Fulham at the moment? It's it's one point per game running rate so far, which I think ordinarily yeah. would be concern. But there's four teams comfortably below you and the Premier League just decides to put a fifth there as well. How are you feeling about things? Um, I think the next few games will probably give us more of an indication as to whether we'll be looking down or above us. Um, we've obviously had... Spurs, Brighton, United, uh, a couple of couple of tough games there, and probably some games that we didn't really expect to get anything from. Um, but going forward, I'm sure, like obviously the next one, Wolves would have been at home, would have been one of the ones that we would have probably looked to get something from. And then we've got Forest and Burnley, I think, coming up in the next three or four as well. So if things are looking good after those, then yeah. I think this it's probably time to worry. The 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 lack of goals is is obviously like the elephant in the room. Um but there's some I don't know, just a, a little bit of a lack of fight. Uh like it happened in the Chelsea game. We just didn't come out of the blocks and then the game's over before it even started. And the same again against Villa. The game's over at half time and then we started to actually play well. And it just like we're just letting games pass us by. Not that we should be getting something from Chelsea or Villa, but like, yeah, it's tough games. We, we need to be in it. We need to keep it tight. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we spoke to you before you, you came to Tottenham was when we last spoke. We we spoke yeah. then about the flatness of the Chelsea performance yeah. was a little alarming. Now, look, the, the four games you've had since against my team and going to Villa are two really tough away games. You got a point at Brighton. Um, and then obviously lost really late on just... against Manchester United. You wouldn't overly expect anything from those four, but I suppose you do, though, right? If I said you're right, you've got these four games, one point, you're going to go... I think I think one or two points coming out of that probably ordinarily would be fine, but it's it's because you've had Sheffield United and you've had Bournemouth and you've had other teams picking up points as well to just narrow the gap then starts making people panic a little bit and look over their shoulder. Are people panicking? Probably not yet, but let's see. 
Because the one I keep getting I, is, I think I don't think I don't think we'll go down, but I don't think nah. we'll pull any trees. It's almost the season's just kind of a write-off almost. But just, I think the aim of the game is just stay up this season, and then we that's, need to build. That's shit in November in reality, isn't it? It is shit, and I kind of knew that coming into this season when Mitrovic went and there was no replacement, and there was all the Polinia rumors, and Silva hadn't signed a new contract. It just seemed a bit in flux. Mm. One of the questions I keep getting is, if Paulinho goes in January, are you concerned for Fulham? And my answer at the moment is no, because I think there's teams weaker than you comfortably. And you, despite the fact you can say looking over your shoulder, you've got a, a buffer, right? Were you six points clear at the bottom three? Which on the points tally you're on, you wouldn't expect to be. I think clear, it depends on how you. I think it depends on how you look at it. Like yes, in terms of the table, the three or four below us look look close, but it, we're actually closer to mid-table in terms of points than we are from the relegation zone. Yeah. So, like, a couple of wins, and we could it's be forgotten. intense. So, I think that's the way to look at it, really. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Are you concerned about these slow starts, then? I don't know. Um, it just seems a bit different from last year, where we were more difficult to break down. Or we're, Like, when you look at Errors leading to goal, we're top. We're top in the Premier League, and we're just making silly mistakes. That needs to that needs to be cut out. Yeah. Bradley, your not team was like it's obviously not as bad as it was in like twenty. Oh no, no, we're, 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 like we're not going back but, um, to Scott yeah. Parker stuff. And, and but yeah, we need to cut out that and make ourselves more difficult to beat. Yeah, great. But by the way, we'll come back onto it. But I, I still think you are difficult to beat, actually. Um, Bradley, your team very quietly. Mm-hmm. He's doing really well, mate. Yeah. I mean, remarkably, Lovely. that one defeat you've had in the seven was it to Sheffield United, and obviously, and, just, did, and there's controversy, obviously, with the late penalty incident in that one, as there was obviously in the the draw with Newcastle as well. But you're doing great, right? Yeah, really great. Really what, well. What's changed? Um, I think the players have just really brought into the manager. I think you can feel it on the pitch as well. Like at Molyneux now as well. I feel like the atmosphere's changed. It feels a little bit like when Nuno was there, a little bit. In that, I think teams are scared of us again now, and we know it. Rather than us going into games thinking, oh, oh we'd all get better today. That sort of mentality has disappeared. Yeah, I, I think you got into a situation with Nuno where it was almost like waiting for the opposition to fall over you in a bit, in the sense that you were really strong defensively and you could counter-attack well. It was almost like waiting for the opposition. Going, I've been to... I, I nearly always go to Wolves away. It did feel different. And I, I, I don't know if that was part in game week 12 because we scored really early, so then there's nothing for you to wait off about. But when you look at your other games, you've had a at Molyneux, the fast starts against Liverpool, Newcastle and Villa suggest that you're not waiting around for anything anyway. You bring these teams on and we'll have a go now. This is a this is a different Wolves, it feels now. Yeah, they're definitely more front foot and aggressive. That's thanks to the midfields at the club now. A different dynamic. And you're referring to primarily Lamina and well, Gomez? Think, yeah. Or the wider... Or, or, all of them, to be honest. They're all yeah. quite... But that's despite losing Neves. Yeah, I know. They, rec- they recruited well in midfield after. Just... And considering you've been under restriction as well. 
as we know. Yeah. You obviously lost N- Matthias Nunes as well. It's almost hey. forgot. Yeah, I knew you was going to say that. You're really <laughs> bitter. You're really bitter about that, aren't you, Bradley? Not really. Would you take him back on loan? No. <laughs> not not that bitter then. It's interesting because Dara's obviously mentioning goals problem for Fulham. Every time we've spoken to you, since I've known you, we've spoken about goals problem for yourself, well, at least since obviously the, the unfortunate Jimenez injury. So considering Dara, the problems they've had offensively over the last few years, why did you go and buy two attackers from Wolves in the summer? I, I don't know. I think one was one wasn't meant to be a complete Mitrovic replacement and ended up just plastering over an issue that we've had. And then Traor has been injured pretty much the whole time. He's not had seen any minutes, which kind of is a bit of a pity because he adds another dynamic. And I think we actually could have done with him a little bit. Um, a lot of our wingers, they I don't know, they don't have the ability to take a man on or they play a little bit safer. I think he would have added just that little bit of something different. W- William a little bit? I know he's kind of aging now, but... Can do. He's been a bit... I don't know. He's done a lot of good things this season. And then just the final ball, or it just hasn't been there. I don't want to criticise him too much because he's probably been our best outlet. But just at times, he's been very frustrating to watch. Now, Bradley, you're used to watching the Dharma Traore. I mean, the word frustrating never springs to mind, does it? No, never. Just got used to it at that point. Is he, is but I've had fit- him back. You take him back? Yeah, bring him off the bench every week. Dara, would you sell him? Traore? Yeah. Would you sell him back? <laughs> I think Wolves have the money. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep him in Esther. I mean, he should kind of fit in in the sense that what, what me and Bradley used to talk about a lot is like using late in games on the counter. It's just so mad rapid. But he's a little bit, you know what's coming and you can't stop it. And yeah, he still never really results in anything. Yeah. That, that That's that's how it is with him. Bradley, tell Dara how much you love Jimenez. I love Jimenez, but he's completely free. I mean, that was no one. I'm glad he scored last week though, so he's got that off his back. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think we're all pleased that he scored and people will stop talking about that. But you also said yes, Dara, when Bradley said he's finished. Yeah. I kind of, I was, I was the whole thing. I think most Fulham fans want to see him do well and everybody remembers the player that was there. But yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult to watch at times. Um, I'm hoping that goal will kind of turn a corner because the game previously, Munez surprisingly got a start and then did really, really well and went off before his injury. Injury, And you almost felt that Marco had just kind of gone, right, well, we've tried Raul, it's not working. So now it's Munez's season, let's give him a go. And then he's all of a sudden just got another start and got a goal. I wonder, will this finally just breaking the duck do something for him? But I hope so for him, mm. massively. I'd hope that he could get, if he could get to anywhere near the level that he showed at you, Bradley, when I think every club in the league would have looked at wanting to buy him when he yeah. was at his peak. It, it, it is a shame the way it's gone for him and it's also understandable the way it's gone for him. Who Who is the best forward at Fulham, Dara? I couldn't tell you. I think they all just have different, different elements to their game, but not quite everything that's needed. 
Too so fair. if they were yeah. all fit, and we, I, I presume his money's is out at the moment, is he? Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to be out for a long time. So probably not far back. I'd probably lean towards him to be honest, just because he's got the most, the most potential out of the three. I, I said to you, and I said it on a number of our pods. Keep an eye out for him from a fantasy perspective because oh, I was four, about to tweet about it when he started. He's four point <laughs> four. I had actually predicted that he'd start against Manchester United. I thought it was time, so it didn't come to me as a huge shock. I, as I'd said to you, I went to yours in the Carabao Cup in the second round. Yeah. I was impressed with him. It was likely first time I'd really yeah. seen him. Yeah, it was one of them. It didn't strike me that it was going to like score bags of goals, but he was a nuisance. It was a pain. He had, he had a little slant about him. His first touch was good. His link looked all right. And I just thought, you know what? Like with what's happening with the other two, at some point he'll get a chance. And it was just really like I, I didn't think he was playing badly against United. He was having a good physical battle with Maguire, who in mm-hmm. fairness played really yeah. well on the day. But yeah, it was obviously unfortunate he got the injury because I think he he might have stayed in. Then irony or irony, because of an injury, Jimenez gets a chance again and and scores. And actually, nearly scored twice at Villa. It's worth saying because he had a good effort that was pushed onto the post. Yeah, it was great as too. well. So, Muniz, I, I I can't take my eye off it completely, I don't think, Dara, if, if we're referencing fantasy a little bit, because I think a lot would look at it and go, well, if I'm going five in midfield, I can leave him. And then when I might need him most, which is the blank game week in 18, you've got Burnley at home. So, I I don't think he'll go... Uh, yeah, I don't think he'll go far from thinking. You think there's a chance he'd come back in as and when available, I guess. I suppose it depends how Jimenez does in the meantime, right? Yeah, potentially. Is Vinicius just off radar? I don't know. Like, he's kind of flowed in and out of the squad at various stages. It looked almost in the, towards the end of the summer window that he was going to go. He wasn't featuring at all. And then he's just come back out of the cold from nowhere. You would think that if we do sign a striker in January, which by the like we absolutely need one, one of them has to go. So... Which one's bottom of the pile? Maybe Vinicius. Where, where did Muniz come from? Uh, Brazil. Uh, Flamenco, was it? Or, is it uh, quite a recent sign? Has he been at the club longer than we most of us would realise? Uh, about about two years now, maybe. He he signed the, the year where he, we got promoted. The thing is, it doesn't need three, does it? You've got three forwards. It just needs one really good one and one really good support one. Basically, I mean, realistically, we've afraid. got four. We've got Jay Stansfield playing in the championship as well. He's doing really well. Yeah. He scored for the under-21s, England. He's brought into the under-21s as well, yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's your best not, option. Not this year, but yeah. one. It's good to see that. Another one. Use. Yeah. I suppose there's a consciousness of blocking his path as well, maybe, in terms True. of buying I, I think he, I think he needs this year. He had last year in lower down, and, and this year now he's he's proven that the championship, that yeah, he, he's at that level. Brady, you're missing a key player at Fulham next Monday in Craig Dawson. How mm-hmm. that's through obviously accumulation of yellow cards. How key is that? Uh, I think he's definitely key for organisation. Definitely speaks more than Kilman, his captain. But I'd prefer if they keep the shape. So they need to give Santiago Bueno. I was going to say, we're going to finally get this debut because I noticed he wasn't on the bench against my team. No. Um, yeah, they've got to give him a chance. Unless he's got an injury, we don't know about them. Or the alternative, I guess, is to shove Toti Gomez along and, yeah. and you, you play eight Nori or Hugo Bueno as a very defensive left-back, which which doesn't really feel suitable. 
yeah, that's, that's the only thing they'd have to do, which isn't ideal, but we'll just have to get on with it. Do you think Bueno will play then? That's Santiago Bueno. Have um, you ended up with two Buenos, mate? Uh, if he's fit, yeah, play him. He's Have you seen him? He's only played one game, and that was Ipswich in the cup away, and he was very good. He just come <laughs> back, he's just come back from a long-term hamstring problem when we signed him, so he's going to be rusty. Right, okay. But he could but, get a debut at Fulham, which yeah. would be a concern, I guess. It, there's worse games to throw him into with their strikers. Also, you're also missing a big one as well, though, Dara. We we speak yeah, about yeah. him all the time, but it's it's your best Another player, isn't yellow it? Yellow card accumulation is bound to happen. I suppose this is a good one for him to miss, is it? I don't know. I mean, I didn't think Wolves were going to do as well as they have this season, to be honest. And they've Nobody really surprised did. me. Uh, they've really surprised me. And I think this is a much trickier tie than probably what we would have anticipated when we saw it at the start of the season. What would you expect, yeah, Dara? Is, is it Lukic just fills in for him with with Reed next to him, or I don't know. Um, obviously, he looked like a man who doesn't want to think about it. <laughs> well, no, they, I mean, it could be, be so many options that really there. It could be, could be Reed just plays the more defensive role. It could be Lukic. They obviously played it will be as a kind of a number eight against United, oh, is it? Uh he could play Reed and Kearney and have Reed just a bit more defensive. I, there's so many so many options there. And I couldn't as Bradley says out. though, they've been good in that area. I mean, how good has Mario Lamina been, Bradley? Oh, incredible. Immense. Immense. He should be it... captain, honestly. Immense. Do you, do you think it will last? Yeah, it's lasted nearly a year. He just seems very mature. Like I know people say he's inconsistent in the past and like a bit rash, but now he's like a model of consistency. He's probably been the most consistent player since he came to the club. Dara, you had him. Did, Obviously yeah. in that difficult season. What did you make of him? I thought he was a good player. Yeah, I liked him. Mm-hmm. Like most fans liked him and his energy and his his commitment. Just probably did, playing for the did his manager. Form... Did his form tail off, or is that a perception I've got? At, at Fulham? Yeah. Um, maybe his head went down a little bit. I mean, we were, re- like, February, we were pretty much relegated. So, it could have happened. I yeah. really liked him. I really liked him at Southampton. I thought it was great, and then he, they seemed to fall out with a few people, and he went on loan somewhere, maybe, and then obviously ended up at yours for a bit as well, Dara. Yeah, it was Galatasaray, I think, for a little bit, and then he came on loan to us. Yeah, I've always thought there was a player there, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Bradley. It's almost like he's he's taken on the the key man's gone in Neves. I need to yeah. I need to run this team now. I wish um, they had longer together. Yeah, because be in theory they should complement each other well. But the the boy Gomez is doing well, also, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's a, it's very tenacious as well. That's the difference now. Our midfield very dynamic and pressure's higher up the pitch. When we win the ball back higher, that and we commit more bodies in the box. That's why we're scoring more goals. Like it, like Lamina did against Tottenham, he was in there. Does he it feel that goal more like it's got legs for you? It in the sense that Neves was obviously a great footballer, and obviously so was Jean Martinho. 
but they were exactly that. They were just out and out really good footballers, really. And it's not to say neither worked hard because they did, but probably not with the energy that these two have got. That's my impression. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. That's the biggest difference. And I think that in itself, almost more than anything else, is making you play at a higher tempo, which is helping to lead to the fact that your goals problem doesn't seem to be too much of a problem at the moment, to the extent that you obviously beat us. I don't know, we've got our problems, but your best player, Neto, certainly offensively, wasn't available either. Are, are we expecting Pedro Neto back on Monday night, you know? Um, let's have it. He's got a slight chance, but we don't know if he's back in training yet. But I don't think he's too far away after that. But I think they can be afford to be careful with him now. So. Yeah, well, you've built yourself be on up. The bench. A, you've built yourself up a buffer where, yeah, it should be that. I mean, you're going to start him and then what? Ask him to play Arsenal Saturday, Burnley Tuesday. You're probably looking at a couple of sub appearances and maybe targets like them two home games, Burnley and yeah. and Forest. I would have thought. What's what's the impact on Huang? A few people loan him in in FPL at the moment. Um, is he playing a wider role with Neto absent? Um, he sort of he sort of plays with Cunha a bit narrow. The last time against Tottenham, he started that way anyway. So he's sort of playing in the front two, like a three-five-two, and Bellegarde was more inside as well, sort of like a cam. I, I keep mentioning him, Bradley. Is he good, Bellegarde? Yeah, yeah. It looks like he'd be very good when he's fully sharp and fit. He's got a lot of. He looks slight, but he's actually quite strong. There's a lot of challenges. He just seems to brush off, and I'm, I'm getting quite surprised that he was able to do it. Yeah. I mean, I think he stood out in the opening half against Liverpool. Yeah. When you played really well first half and, and then the game got away from your second half when Klopp changed his tactics. But he stood out there straight away going into a, a big game environment. He stood out again against my team. Little bits. It was a bit quieter. But there was little things about him. I thought, yeah, I can I can see there's something in you. What What is he? Is, a, is he a 10? For those who haven't seen him, what would you define him as? I just think he's an... Box to box guy, I think. It's a more than eight, in your opinion, basically. Yeah, he just seems to get around everywhere. He just pops up. He's more. It seems a more forward thinking player of all the other midfielders. Especially yeah, I like goal Lamina. You can just let him play. I I keep thinking about him as a potential enabler for FPL, and it probably would be that he'd become my eight attacker. So I don't know how often I'd start him. <laughs> But with some good home fixtures certainly to come, it might come in quite useful. It might even come in useful during the blank in game week 18. Have you thought about him for FPL at all? Uh, no, but I own one. So. I take it your intention is to keep for the time being. Yeah, yeah, keep him. If we score, he's probably likely to be involved. I think it, that was the first goal against Tottenham where Neto or Wang wasn't involved. That's the Rabia Cunha goal. Yeah, also the time. also the second goal. Thanks very much, Bradley. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Yeah, I, I've noticed. I only used that stat about three times as well, so I'm just <laughs> smacking myself in the face with that. So for for someone else though, obviously with Huang, I get you certainly wouldn't probably add Bellegarde. If someone's looking for a five point zero mid and below, is that any consideration for you? Well, in, yeah. if someone was asking you, like, do you think? I guess the first thing people want to know is. Do you see him as first choice now? Yeah, I would. And he takes set pieces as well. 
He's certainly got a free kick in him. That I haven't seen. He scored some for his past club. Okay. He's taken the corners against Tottenham. I mean, most of them were shit, but he was still on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I think he's one to keep an eye on. Uh, The same price, Dari. You can have a Dharma Traore if that's your your bag. Nah. Nah. I'll I'll go the extra point too for Palmer, I think, maybe. I presume other than if Muniz got back in the team, Dara, there's nothing here offensively we could, there, we could look there's at. There's nothing outfield, that I'm looking at whatsoever at this point, moment in time. <laughs> what, about, what about defensively, though? It's just Leno. Like, there's nobody, nobody doing anything. I'll I, I, I throw, throw you a little thought, Dara, <clears> which I, I kind of said I'd bring up during the course of this i said it off camera to you there were four weeks i think there's three really but there might be four weeks for some where it looks a bit ugly for defensive rotation and i think primarily those weeks are 13 16 and 18 now in those three weeks you've all you've got home games in all of them and they're wolves west Ham, which at time recording might be bowen and antonio list subject to rumors and then Burnley in 18. And I think a few might have problems in 15 as well. And you've got Forest at home in that one. Forest at home. All, all our kinder games, if you could say, are at home. And then we've got Liverpool and Newcastle away. The two weeks where I think there would be no need for rotation as in, right, you know, the, the key FPL assets at the moment, the defensive ones. Yeah, I'm definitely happy, happy playing them. A 14 and 17. You go to Liverpool and Newcastle. So it, it's the other four that are potentially quite interesting. I'd have a bet with you, you, you'll get at least one clean sheet in there, Dara, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's more. You could be right. I I, I just, I would worry about the defence who, who actually is going to be in that defensive lineup because we're starting to get players back from injury now. So Tete will be back. So that causes another little bit of a conundrum as does Castagne keep playing on the right. Robinson's played every single game. Does that mean Castagna switches to the left? Or does somebody else come in to give him a rest? Diop is back in training. So then one of the centre-backs come out. So I think there's too much doubt there at the moment for me to actually put money into any one of those and be guaranteed that they're going to play every single one of those games. Yeah, I keep mentioning Kenny Tete as being problematic for either full-back, because obviously we know Castagna can play left-back as well. But my take would have been, and you can obviously correct if you disagree, Dara, that if... Diop comes back in the team, it's Bassi will come out rather than Reim. I would imagine so, yeah. I would imagine so. But not certain. Uh, no, I, I think Reim's like, the, well, he's not their captain, but he's the captain who plays. So I think he'll probably stay in unless he's injured or unless he might have a game here and there where he needs to be rested. But I think he's pretty much nailed on. There's just too much faith in him from the manager. I mean, he's got he's got ten more FPL points than any other defensive asset from you. He doesn't chip in with many offensively, but he has scored this season. I would be <laughs> surprised if he didn't stay in. I think he <clears throat> he he'd be the only one I could consider. Yeah, probably. I think he's probably the most safe of the of the back four at the moment. I think I think Tete probably it is. He is the, probably the better right back, but Castagna has been very solid. You couldn't very invest. Solid. You couldn't invest in it now, though, because the, the thing is, though, as well, I think a lot of people keep looking at their FPL teams this way and going, 
I don't think I'm getting anything defensively. Now, admittedly, everyone's in that boat. And we've spoken about Wolves' obviously improvement defensively. But if you are looking for a rotation over those game weeks, I think it might be one that people go, yeah, that works. I mean, as Sudra's mentioned, it might be one that, that, that even works for him. Now, Leno would be the better asset. That's just like, it's, it's unquestionable. But if you're looking for it for a rotation, I don't I don't think it's terrible to consider. Bradley, you got any Fulham at the moment? Nope. Done any looking? Nope. Darryl, I think another got... point to add to that, James, is if you did go with the defender, the lack of goals that we're scoring, if it is nil-nil or they keep a clean sheet, the likelihood is that there's going to be some bonus points coming the way of the defence. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would I would completely agree with that. Like, I don't foresee your games being, with respect, particularly high scoring at the moment. That would no, be my take. No. You, you've had a few, I mean, what was it? One new against United, even two new against my team. Villa, fine, 3-1. Brighton, what, 1-1. One, one. So even in these bigger games across that, what is that, five, eight goals across the four games? So an average of two goals per game. So... Yeah, look, if you do nail it, yeah, sure. Could be a 1-0, a 2-0, and suddenly you're looking at a nine-pointer without the attacking return. I think there's every chance of that. But yeah, again, I, I couldn't look at anything other than the ream from the defenders. Have you got any balls, Dara? No. Anything no. you're looking at? No, not at this moment in time. So, Bradley, the, this same set of fixtures, which I mentioned for Durham, they're not terrible for you either. 13 is Fulham away with potential striking issues. Forest at home for yourselves in 16. And Chelsea at home, your home record is strong, in 18. And if you did need for 15, that's Burnley at home as well. So for the two of you, the other fixtures, by the way, Arsenal away and West Ham away, respectively, in 12 and 17, you could be considered as well. And unlike Fulham, with you... We've got this OOP flying left winger in Ray and Eight Nori, Bradley. You, <laughs> you're going to tell everyone to go and buy, aren't you? If you want a Wolves defender, he's the best one. Probably. Is it that on his position? Yeah. And the way he's played, he's really in form. Yeah, if he was good really with us. Really I think he lacks um, composure when he gets to the end. Yeah. With his final ball or his shot. Like- but the build-up stuff, actually, he's quite exciting to watch, actually. Yeah, if he was playing for like a better team, he'd probably stand out a lot more because he plays that sort of style. Should grow his hair back would be helpful as well. <laughs> no, we'll leave him as he is. He's playing his best football. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that as he is. Do you think he'll, he'll stick in that position in this more advanced role? Probably. Suits him to the ground, to be honest. And I suppose having what essentially is a centre-back in Toti Gomez behind him, Toti Gomez is playing really well. He's helpful as well. His pace and strength. So helpful in the Premier League. Yeah. Tomatoes a doubt, according to the FPL website for Monday. What's the issue no, there? It'll be, we'll, right. it'll be it fine. Will it? Yeah. I don't, it'll be okay. Was that why he came off against us? Um I suppose it probably was. No, no. I think it I think it's because like we were talking about it at half time with my uncle. If the scores about the same about we've probably caught about the sixty minute mark and we're still one nil down and if the game stays the same and was constantly pressing, then I'd rather have Doherty on the pitch. Because he's actually because he's actually gonna have an attacking presence. Because how many times in that match did Samayo get to the final third and just fail it across or make a terrible pass because he just can't attack. 
Whereas I'm going to trust Doherty to either probably nick a goal or create something. Got to be careful here. He's Wolves legend and Ireland legend. Got to be careful what I'm saying about Matt Doherty here, haven't I? You've got to clap uh, off your fans, didn't you? Uh, yeah, there's no reason to, to boo him. And actually, to be to be fair to the lad, he obviously had that that pretty decent period actually towards the end of the uh, 21-22 season that was curtailed by a, a not very nice challenge, let's say, by mm. Matty Cash. Max Kilman would be the one for you that we could certainly rely on on minutes, Bradley. Um, yeah. he's a he's a because uh, Dawson ideally would go, but it's obviously suspended. You wouldn't look at this week. But would you more want to take a chance on Toti Gomez at 4.4? Do you feel like he'll stay in? Yeah, he'll stay in. There's literally no reason for him not to play. He's been great. And he does have a goal threat, to be fair. How do you see when everyone's fit, the front four lining up? What's the, what's the best front? If we say it's Lamina and Gomez, mm-hmm. what's, what's, what's the best four for you now? Does that still include eight nori left midfield does that mean in moving backwards is your opinion oh. Neto Cunha Wang push Nuri back to left wing back then are, right. are you giving me room for Bellegarde in there or not yeah it looks strong. It looks decent, that Bradley. I'm I'm still concerned for you longer term with depth issues, maybe. But the team looks all right. And the fact it's found itself and been scoring goals. I think as well, the, the narrative's really helped for him with, ironically, the night my team played Dara's team. He obviously went on Monday Night Football, Gary O'Neill. Mm-hmm. And he presented himself really well, Brad. Yeah, this uh, we had the image of him being really negative football. What with the what the Bournemouth fans told us, but that's been completely the opposite now. It's really front foot. And that just makes me think that he just had to play to Bournemouth strength. And that's all because yeah, we, we, we should remember in, in that player. Bournemouth run at the end of the last season, they they came to my team and won. They beat Liverpool, didn't they, with six and nine at one stage, I think, during the run in. So like he did a remarkable job in terms of how comfortably he got them out out of it. Is there also for Wolves fans a, a feeling of real like to him because it feels like he wants to be there? Yeah. Unlike the person who did very well last year, but it almost felt like he was in to do Wolves a favour. Yeah, and I think I think you can tell with the players now because like he bombed eight Nurio near enough. He never really played him towards the end. And I think a lot of the players have really galvanised towards the manager, whereas it seemed like there was some different like opinions between the players last season on the manager so now it does really all feel like connected and you can tell them running through brick walls for him yeah so, no it's, it's good it's a remarkable and, and improvement it's probably um, two fingers up at Lopetegui because he basically took a jab at some of the players saying look well they're not good enough I need more players well O'Neill's proven they are more than good enough if you put some belief into them yeah I just I had the vibe when I was up there that like it just felt like a club that had reconnected again. And I think if yeah. I reflect on the comments we'd said in July, like, like I tipped you to go down. I, I, no apologies for saying that because I generally thought you were in massive trouble, mate. Um, and admittedly, at that time, Lopetregui was, was still there, but we knew he was probably going to go and what was the situation with transfers and stuff like that. We spoke before about the Man United performance and not being sure if it was on the opening day when you played so well. 
if it was a legacy of the remains of Lopetegui or if it was O'Neill's team, because afterwards it was like it settled and the performances for a little while got worse. Mm. I suppose you reflect on that now and think it was O'Neill's energy, that performance at United, rather than it being yeah. Lopetegui's team, if you will. Yeah, definitely. But what's the what's 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 the ambitions now? Um, to be honest, it just feels like enjoy the season now and enjoy the ride and see what happens. Like we don't fear anybody that that's completely gone. Like last season, I remember going into games thinking, "Oh God, like what's the score going to be?" Or like, let's just hope it's not heavy defeat. But now it's like we'll give you a game. I'm not scared of anything. Yeah, it's it's an impressive run as well. Like to continue them home games you've had in there. The Sheffield United defeat, is that just sloppiness? Um, yeah, and classic Wolves. Also VAR, bullcrap. I, I was <laughs> waiting for it. Uh, uh, do you think, does it feel like the Premier League are out to get you? Sometimes it feels that way. <laughs> you do, you do feel like, it does feel like you've been especially Heavy unlucky. against Wolves. See, there was the, the penalty against Newcastle, the penalty against Sheffield United, yeah, and very eerily similar instances as well. The Kalidzic incident at Old Trafford in game one. That was, was ridiculous. What's the other one? I know there's a fourth one you got an apology for as well. What's 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 the one I'm forgetting? I'm losing track. So Man United, <laughs> Newcastle. Was it the, the handball at Luton? Was it that? Yeah, that one was a bit iffy. Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah, maybe. Um, but he, I, I galvanised the group together as well a little bit. We speak about what Everton might do now and how they'll be a collective and feel like the world's against them. In a weird way, like, I know it sucks, but it probably feels like the, the players have got together and went, well, you ain't going our way. So, And you, you build that bonding through adversity a little bit. Um, it might have even done you a little bit of favour. Those home results and performances, and I think in performances we should add as well, Beating City Tottenham and drawing with Villa Newcastle, like that's an unbelievable return. Most most teams yeah. challenging for a Champions League place would be delighted with eight points from that. Yeah, they've done really well. Really, really well. Which makes me nervous for the easy home game. Which, yeah, I mean, after Fulham, you've got a very difficult trip to the Emirates. But then when you start listening to home games, it gets better. Burnley, Forest. Chelsea now looks a tougher game in fairness. Everton, Manchester United, Brentford. It eases up, but then expectation comes with it, right? Yeah. So, so what what we what we've got here is is Indara's team, a team we traditionally enjoy watching. I think in Fulham, we think that's a classic Jean Tiganara, etc. Dara, and you're basically saying the season's finished in November, and your team, Bradley, who's bored most of us to tears over the last few years, and they're like, yeah, I just want to enjoy this. I'm having some fun here. Yeah. Is, it, is this some sort of role reversal? Maybe. Dara? I think, so. I think some of the uh, the Wolves woes on front of goal that maybe has transferred across with the two players that we've, we've signed this season. <laughs> yeah, I really don't want to tag Jimenez as the problem there because I don't necessarily think he no, is. I, I think... I think Mitrovic was just such a force on front of goal and teams, he used to bully defenders and teams would be afraid to come up against them and we just don't really have that same kind of threat there anymore. So, yeah. 
it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And it's going to be difficult to replace. Yeah, I mean, eventually we'll go looking, but quite often, Dari, you don't necessarily get what you want in January. No, whatever good has come in January. Like, Mario Metroglou. <laughs> Mario Lamina, Diane Kulisevsky. Yeah, like, it's, it's not all bad, you know. It's not. You you, you must have a good you must have a good January signing from somewhere in your memory, Tara. It must be. There's probably a handful. Yeah, there was a few um, under <clears throat> under Roy when when we stayed up that season. He brought in a few boys. Uh, the Amanti Cameron. Angland, Angland came in. Oh, yeah. Um, I think Eric Nevland might have come in in January as well. There's a few. Yari okay. Littman and famously came in in January, played zero games for us. What an inspired I'm, signing. I'm literally, but Yari Littman yes. played for Fulham. What? Yeah, he didn't actually play for us, but he signed for us. That's that's one the uh, the quiz masters can put together. I've got, I've got an interesting and different question I'd like to ask you both before we finish. <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure neither of you play Sky Fantasy, do you? I do, yeah. Like it. Oh, you do, yeah. Bradley? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll ask you this question first then. Best Wolves asset for Sky over the next three or four games? The Sky. See, I own Wang in that as well, but more okay. I want I want Lamina. Yeah, it's not terrible. He's not on four yellows, though. That's the only problem, isn't it, as well? Yeah, he is. But he's very good for the tackle bonus. Yeah, so you got Huang, so you're happy with that. Is that the one? Because yeah. obviously in Sky, people potentially want to get a player from this game on Monday night. Is that is Huang the way you'd advise then if you want to go into Wolves? Um, I'm not sure with Sky as much. I've got him just for the goal reason. Shits and giggles, Sky, basically. It makes me think of, yeah, it just makes me think with Sky, I lean more than like Lavina. He might pick up a pass here as well, maybe in that game. Um. I wouldn't mm. think maybe Forrest at home, maybe. I wouldn't think so. Did the others maybe? Phil probably Tim Ream is probably the most likely for a person. You you don't play it, do you, Dara? I know how to I know how it works. Obviously, I would probably say Paulina, but he's suspended. Suspended. Uh he's you know our joint top goal scorer and monster for tackles and passing and everything else. Yeah, probably yeah, centre backs go pretty well, don't they? So probably Tim Ream. Let me rephrase it slightly. If every if every player was exactly the same price for across all positions, and you wanted to get a Fulham player in for Wolves at home, Liverpool away, and Forest at home, who would you buy? It is a Sky now. Or... Hypothetical. Who would be if you if you said right? I'm going to have one Fulham player for the next three games. Who would it be? Just take Leno. Like, there is only one <laughs> that that's, stands out to me. That's the answer. He's right. That's picking, the answer. He's right. up save points every single game, regardless. Yeah. He's that, probably going to be in the bonus, regardless. If we keep going or not. That's the answer I expect you to say. I take it for those who own Leno in FPL, just stick with that, right? Or uh, I don't see a massive reason to jump ship if you've got him. No. No, I don't think you, you never. You never have a terrible run. And actually, if you, you've you got a, a little bit where you've got you know, Arsenal at home and then the rematch with Chelsea in January. But then straight after that, it's like Everton, Burnley, Bournemouth, Villa at home, 
Like them mm. fixtures are fine. After that trip to Newcastle, and then even the, the Burnley home game in the blank, Bournemouth away in 19 is is reasonable. Your fixtures longer term are absolutely fine. And, and even for yourself, Bradley, beyond the blank, Brentford away, Everton at home, it's not terrible. Then it gets a little bit more difficult, I think. And then it, it comes back again for you. So both teams, I think, can be considered longer term. Ironically, you wouldn't consider Sar in FPL because of the price, mm. despite the fact he probably is arguably still the best Wolves asset, maybe. But he's been priced appropriately, Bradley, I think. Yeah, he always seems to end up like top four, doesn't he, at the end of the season for points. Yeah. He well, outsc- he well outscores the defensive players. Gents, pleasure. Thank you both so much. Let's do a correct score prediction before we finish, Dara. Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be fairly low scoring. So I would probably say like 1-0 either side. I'll just sit on the fence and say 1-1. Bradley? Uh, because Pelina's missing, I think Lamina's going to dominate. So I'll probably, I'm going to say 2-0 actually. Whoa. Bloody hell, Bradley. Who spikes your drink, mate? <laughs> I drink the good bleach at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to you, mate. Good luck to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with Dara. I'm, I'm going to sit on the fence. It, it, it just feels like a 1-1. I don't know if that's the influence of it was a night game and that was a result last year as well. But I think, yeah, probably low scoring, 1-0 or 1-1 either way, probably. I, I'll, I'm going to go for 1-1. Uh, Dara, anything you want to plug before you finish, my friend? No, I just want to get away and watch Matt Doherty play for Ireland now in the, the football. Good luck, mate. That's going to look really silly when people listen to this on Thursday and you've lost 5-0, but I'm sure you, I'm sure you won't have, mate. New Zealand, Brad- I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> and for yourself, Bradley? Uh, no. Good stuff. <laughs> Thanks so much, gents. Uh, I'll be streaming tomorrow. 12 o'clock is the plan on Friday. We've got two Clash of Correspondents for you next week as well. Next Thursday, West Ham versus Crystal Palace with Chris Stone and Roy McLaughlin-Dowd. But first, next Tuesday... Nottingham Forest versus Everton with Mark Southerns and Sean Norton, who cannot wait to speak about Everton's point deduction. That will be available for you next Tuesday. Just leaves me to say thanks so much to Dara and Bradley. Good luck, gents. Cue music, please. Manchild. Sports Social Podcast Network.